It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Sumit, aka the failed Homo sapien. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the actual factual. Who we're keeping strong in 2022. Sounds weird just to say that, actually. It does. It does. It does feel like we just missed a whole year and we're now in 2022 somehow. Um, but that's that's those are the effects of uh, a global pandemic. The Amarian. Um, the uh, the Omarian icebox pandemic, sadly, which has taken over uh, our lives. But we've got a legend in the building, man. Bruh. I mean, if we can talk about... Listen, listen, hold on, hold on. I, sh- I should have said this to him. I didn't say it. Perfect jab, bro. Come on. Come on, fam. Perfect jab. Perfect jab. Yeah, come on. yeah. Good one. Good one. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So we've got Rockness Monster on the Breaking Atoms podcast. So this is very important that we speak to, to legendary figures in, in hip-hop because... Um, it's very important for us to document the culture, especially for our listeners across the world who are still getting into hip hop, but also those who know it very well. Um, this is a really interesting conversation. Um, a really, really cool guy, man. Yeah. A really, really cool guy. He's one of my favorites, um, man. I like, I, you know, I know I'm a Wu-Tang head, but there was one point I had this inner battle within me, Wu-Tang or boot camp. I was stuck in the middle. And I think boot camp did a really good job of, similar to what Terra Firma did here in the UK, that bringing that mm. whole West Indian feel. Into the, you know what you must be blind and deaf if you think that you can test original gun clap two to your chest. I mean, come on, man! I had to like it. Yeah, yeah no, I had no, to. No, I had no, to. no, no. Rockness monster. No, no, it, the name as well. There's some. He's got a lot of bars. Conceptually, got some great songs. Um, lyrically incredible. Um, and when we talk about the '90s, man, when we talk yep. about the '90s, got to speak to Rockness Monster. And, and one half of. One of the nicest duos, mm-hmm. Helter mm-hmm. Skelter. You know, you can't talk about Rockness Monster and not mention Sean Price. You know, rest in peace every time. Absolutely, one of the best duos in hip hop period, man. They, they, what they did, what they able to do, and their and their lasting legacy. But when you when when you talk about the '90s and you talk about '90s hip hop, you must be speaking to Rockness Monster, Sean P. Rest in peace. What a guy. I I oh I I've said this before. Big regret, man. I should have gone to his house. When oh, I had the yeah. chance, I, I, I regret that and um, silly of me, but I should have gone, man. I had the pass to go mm. and someone to take me. And I was just like, nah, and I was like, okay, I'll do another. And I never got to do it. And I, and yeah, I, feel I bad, think um, Sean Price on Breaking Atoms is the best interview that never happened. <laughs> it would have been nuts. I mean, listen, listen, shout out to Sean Price yeah. and his family, man. Um, very, you, you, you said it a lot, uh, a mist and, I've been thinking a lot about Combat Jack recently. Yes, um, rest in peace, Combat Jack. Certain people, yeah, when they're not here, you know, if I even look, you know, look at my family and my grandma, when she passed on, the energy in the family was different. You know, it could be, even if everything is all good, it's just not the same. And I feel that way about Sean Price. I feel that way about Guru. I feel that way about Prodigy. Those three in particular, just I feel something missing. Yeah, and I know it was um, the passing of com- the anniversary of uh, Combat Jack's passing recently, or Reggio Say, I should say. Um, but I'd been thinking about him for a while, just like just I've just been thinking about Combat Jack as a as a as a person and what he brought to to the medium. Mm-hmm. We stand on his shoulders because this isn't possible without what he did. 
for sure. For sure, for sure. But no, I listen, I really enjoyed this conversation with Rockness, man. Me too. Thank you for arranging that. Thank you. Yeah, man. Wrestling bag, you know. You know what? (laughs) One day, I tell you what we got to do for 2022. We got to invite the the MCs and the producers that we know are on this wrestling thing and get them talking. You want to, you, all right, we can do that. We got to do a Royal Rumble podcast. Should we do a Raw Rumble podcast where they've got everyone's got 30 seconds to come in? We'll make it a game of it. Mm -hmm. You know what we'll do? We'll do a quiz. Right, mm-hmm. we'll make a quiz of it and we'll do it Royal Rumble style. We got to do it, bro. He, so, you hear so what every he said? thirty seconds, sorry, go on. you hear what he was saying, man? Said, um, mm-hmm. what did he say? No, I don't want to give it away. Listen to the interview. But they they had <laughs> they had aliases ready to go. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's brilliant. That that is brilliant. But no, I enjoy this and and I hope you guys too. This is Rockness Monster Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's a special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. And today's guest is integral, is integral to our education of hip-hop growing up. I'm going to let that breathe for a second, because he's integral to that. Legendary clicks, legendary albums, legendary rhymes. I think our guest once said, I tear yourself bare like a pacifier and stump more shit than Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Plus, I'm the type of guy to start a fight for no reason, like a lifer. What are you talking about out here? What? Come on. We are talking it's the one and only Rockness Monster. How you doing, man? How you doing, bros? How you doing? We're, we're excited. We're, we, um, we're, we're very fortunate. We get to talk to people that we love and respect. And you are you are one of those people, man. Like, for real, for real. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I truly, um, like, I got to, I get to experience a little bit of that feeling that y'all experiencing myself, like, Cause I do a I, I do a podcast myself for Monster Mondays, mm-hmm. and you know I've got to interview some dope people, some people that you know a lot of a lot of people I already knew, but never just had the never had the moment or the, the right moment, should I say, to just tell them how big a fan of theirs that I am, or how much I appreciate their contributions to our consciousness. You know what I'm saying? So you know I appreciate that. And, yeah, so you, you've you've taken the first question out right out of the bag. So we want to talk about Monster Monday. So let's move that to the side. We can talk a bit about about it later because you know Starang Wonder is also another. We're very big fans of Starang Wonder here as well. Um, let's talk about Ether Rock, the album. All right. Uh, with Ron Browns, I know the video came out. Um, I think yesterday on Fat Beats, I saw. Oh yeah, it came out a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the the first song recorded for the Ether Rock album. What can we expect? Let's let's go there because there's a lyric on there I need to talk to you about as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what do you want to know? I mean, the first single is called uh, it's called Billy Joel. Um, the song title was grabbed. Like, I, I, I named it after the most memorable line in the song to me. Like, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to name the song Billy Joel as I was writing it. But just as, um, as I was writing it, during the process, I got to a point in the verse where I was like, I'm just being wild vulgar on this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I can, like, I know how to salute to, salute to the rappers who, who rap without cursing at all. Cause this is, it's a <laughs> difficult thing to do, right? I know how Rakim used to do it. Uh, Method Man does it now. Salute to those brothers. You know what I mean? I'm capable of it, but you know, I can pretty much do whatever I want when I rap, but it just, like I already write with too many handcuffs on. Like I have a 
I have like certain things that I won't do in my rhymes and things that I'm, you know what I'm saying? So just took off, I just took off the handcuffs in that. Every once in a while, I take the handcuffs off. You know what I mean? I just write. And whatever comes to mind, regardless of how disrespectful, how vulgar, stupid, uh, or whatever it is, as long as it sound good, it goes. And when I got to a certain line of the song where I realized, I'm like, damn, I'm being terrible in this verse right here. The next line I wrote after that was, I don't care what they say anymore. This is my life, Billy Joe. You know, that was taken from you know, a Billy Joe song called My Life, where the hook is, I don't care what they say anymore. This is my, just for anybody who watching or listening who don't know where that reference is from. You know what I mean? And and after that line, I continue to spit more disrespectful and disgustingness, you know, just because it was like that was my uh disclaimer in 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 the in the verse, you know what I mean? And then just spit the most atrocious shit and call the biblical niggas gonna blast for me. Like all of that, all of that shit will get me frowned at by some people. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care. You don't care. You you said something along the lines of downhill downhill stupid shit. Shoot you in the ass. That's how you shoot the shit. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's rockness monster. Like that's, we're used to you, that. That is you in a nutshell. That is that is vintage. That is vintage rockness. And I just love that. And I love that. And and look, we're really excited for for the project. Um and uh, even with pay me what you said on pay me. So I I love this because I mean I'm I look at me man. Look at my face. I'm by no means a gangster. Uh, only on these podcast streets I'm gangster. Only for a little bit and then I run in my cave. But you said something about I have hella goons. I don't need them to protect me. I don't bring them around to protect you, stupid. And I love that. Just that's brilliant, man. It just yeah. it's it speaks to your lyrical brilliance that you can say something my, like that. Like that's one of like like one of the pairs of handcuffs that I wear while I'm writing and rapping is I have what I what I call a real nigga complex. Like like all of the things that I say are at least kind of true or they're absolutely true. They're at least kind of true though. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe, no, I don't do this, but I believe in this. You understand what I'm saying? I never did this, but I would. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Type of like, so with that line, like that line right there was absolute truth on Pay Me. Pay Me is on is, is on this album as well, the Ether Rocks album. Mm. It's absolute truth. Cause you know, I, I do know, you know, I'm from mm. I'm from a rough place and I've lived long enough to bond and connect with a lot of people from this rough place, you know, and from other places as well. But like, I don't, you know, these goons, so to speak, like I don't need them, you know, I don't need them around to protect me. I'm goon enough for myself. But they, but some of them are still my friends. I would bring them around, but that's for your safety, right? You understand what I'm right. Saying? So I, I leave them home. You know what I'm which, saying? I, which, and, like I said, which I, I just love the the brilliance of it because it's it's vivid and it, and anyone that anyone that listens to that will understand exactly what you mean. So, um, you you've talked a few few times about handcuffs and 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 being boxed in. 
Um, how do you find to, to branch out in those in terms of subject matter? Um, you know, do the podcast, but you must also keep up with writing and uh, perfecting your craft. How do you what is there like moments in the day or moments in the in the year that you just go, right, I'm just going to branch out in terms of subject? Because you've always been very diverse. You've always had that diversity and versatility in terms of subject matter, right from nocturnal right through to now. But you've always you've also talked about being, you know, handcuffed. So how do you balance yeah. that? People don't see that. Like most people, they don't see my diversity. All they see is, you know, they they have these preconceived notions of Rock Miss Monster and Helter Skelter and Boot Camp for that matter. You know, it's and true. So, you know, I just I've always been aware of it. You know, or maybe it's I mean, it maybe it's all in my mind, but I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? Like to this day, like, you know, I have uh you know, conversations or I read the comments on some of, you know, on, on a lot of my posts and stuff. And it's like, you know, they, the hip hop purists, like they want, they, they speak of this old rock. They want the old rock. Or I want you to rhyme on more boom bat beats or y'all need to bring back the beat miners or y'all need to la, 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 la. All of those things speak to that concept of where people want to hear me or they look at me a certain way and they want to keep looking at me that way. When in all reality, you know, like we are all multifaceted people. And that like that's the whole that's the whole purpose of this Ether Rocks album is to show is is to jump out of the box. Like not so much to try to go mainstream. I'm just telling you that I can rap like I like a lot of shit, B and I don't give a fuck what I don't give a fuck what none of you niggas say no more. I'm gonna do what I like. Like radio don't play my shit no way. So I might as well make the shit I like to make. And it don't matter whether this one agree or that one agree. Should I be like, like I be in clubs, like you know how many songs with uh with this new modern sound or or or, or whatever I have been in the clubs really jamming to? Like having the ball, like I'm the life of the party, and you playing this shit with the with the auto tune or whatever, and I'm supposed to fake like it don't never sound good. I'm supposed to join the mat. I'm supposed to join the mat. The 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 group of hip hop purists when they say it's trash. I didn't think it was trash when I was in the club last week. You understand what I'm saying? And you didn't and you didn't think it was trash either when you had that girl dubbing and rubbing up on you last week. You understand what I'm saying? So it's true. That's a good point. It's a very good point because Chris, me and Chris have this conversation a lot. And I think Chris might get it a lot because he's he's a musician. People have preconceived notions of what he likes yeah. based on the music he makes. And I think I think that is that's a that's a that's a big that's a really big point to point out because you have these, like you said, hip hop purists podcasters who make assumptions based on someone's music and the music they create and then go well you can't like this you can't like you can't like some Marvin Gaye because you make some hardcore shit Mm. and it's like it's you can't judge that book by its cover but for some reason hip-hop acts get that a lot we get yeah. that a lot. You're not allowed to like this. You're supposed to like this. You're not supposed to like that. People are still shit. people are still shocked to this day when I when I told them, you know, I love Cash Money, I love all that mm. stuff, and it's like you, but you sound like Quali. You sound like Common. I'm like, I like Fifty Cent too. Like it's it's fine. Mm. You can like yeah. more than one thing. Jay Z said, "If skill, so truth be told, I'd probably, I'd probably be <laughs> lyrically. I live Quali. That's right. I rather like Common Sense. You understand what I'm saying?" Like, I did a one day I was I was on this live, I was live on Instagram 
with a few dope rappers, a few barbarians. It was Royce the Five Nine. It was Mickey Fax. It was it was uh, Lupe Fiasco, uh, Ransom. Um, And we were all in and out of the conversation. Like I was in, I was in the conversation for a minute, but then I was out, and you know, let the conversation continue. A lot of people stepped in and stepped out of the conversation, right? But after it, I saw this blogger guy. I don't know his name. Respect to him, you know, this is not a shot to him or whatever. But he was saying that he watched it, and some of the more interesting things he saw. One of the most fascinating things he saw was there was a point in the interview where where Lupe asked everybody who was on the live at that time what's a bar what's a rhyme that made you want to step your shit up or made you or changed your life in some way and two of the four people that were on the live at that time stated they cited a Jay-Z bar right and this guy who was doing this review you know, who was just speaking his piece on the thing, that was amazing to him because in his eyes, Jay-Z is a fucking pop star. Now, how could these lyrical barbarians, these underground fucking Yodas, these lyrical Yodas, how could they be inspired by Jay-Z? And that's because and what I what my my initial reaction to that was like. See, he just listens to music. He don't make it. You understand? When you make music, you listen to it different. You understand? Yes, Anybody, I, I can. I can any, agree. Mm-hmm. Any rapper, any real, any rapper for real, for real. If you're being serious, you have to give Jay Z his props for his. I don't care what you think about him, his richness. I don't care if you think he down with the Illuminati. I don't care if you think. I don't care what you think about him. Those bars cannot be denied if you are a lyricist. You un- but but to the people, to the fans, whether they're whether they're purists or not, they don't get it. I hate to say this to them because I love them as well. You know, I love the fans, I love the purists, all of that. You don't get it. Like, like what do you like? Jay-Z has said some of the dopest, deepest shit in the world. And you, as you're reporting on this live, you saw. You're puzzled by how these lyrical Yodas can be inspired by something Jay-Z said. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter what you rap like. When you when you understand rap for real, your palate is way is it, you 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 got way more latitude. Like you you can like that's why I don't even participate in top five, top ten lists. You can I, I refuse. I won't because I love too much about too many artists. It doesn't make sense. Mm. You you I mean, have you have a bar that you know when you talk about life changing bars, you've got one of those mm-hmm. for me. When you said, you know, I don't swear on my records, I don't I don't say expletives, but I'm gonna say it in context of quoting you. And mm-hmm. you said, I used to be a good boy, fat cheeks, little cute kid, potentially rebellious yet a straight A student. I listened to mm-hmm. my elders till I found out they were stupid. What they told me had me broken, bummy. Time for some new shit. I was like, oh, I'm like, yep, yep. That stayed that with me. Hard. That stayed with me, Rock. Like I, I could, you see, I just did it off muscle memory. No paper. Mm-hmm. That stayed like, with me. It's in my DNA now. Like you scroll down. Like if you scroll down on my IG timeline far enough, not even too far, just a few weeks back, 
You can see pic you can see a picture of me as a kid, fat cheeks and all that. You understand? All of that shit was absolute truth. You know what I mean? Like I really was the like I was my mother's most well-behaved child until about 11. And then shit got different. I am I, um, I know a few people who have similar stories. Yeah, I can I can relate. Let's talk about your independence though in the last, you know, last year, the last decade. You you you've got this renewed passion for doing it yourself, Monster Nation. You've got your website, merchandise, all of that. And I've watched a few interviews and you're not too happy with, you know, the remuneration for artists from your era and how labels have treated you, how they controlled everything. Talk about life as an independent artist and some of the lessons you've learned from the major label system. What have you taken from there into this new independent realm? I mean, I just, I've just learned what, what a lot of people learn the hard way. You know, I didn't go through it as harshly as some people. You know what I mean? Because I came in the game insulated by Duck Down Records and those were my, they were my family. You know what I'm saying? And, and Bucks and Black Moon and Smith and Wesson had already took some of the hard lessons so I didn't have to get punched in the face with those lessons. You know what I mean? I just had to, you know, I just had to read the books on it. You know, I just had to review their stories and you know what I'm saying? And, and, and add my own perception on it. But, but like what I've learned is like, you know, like the whole record industry period is, you know, the music industry for black, for, you know, for black culture, for, for, it's it's designed to it's designed to cook you. It's designed to rob you. Period. Like, like it's in the like if you go online right now and you just let's say you started a record label today, right? And you wanted to sign your little brother because your little brother got bars, right? And then somebody goes, all right, well you I know that's your little brother, but you need paperwork. You know, you know business is business. You gotta get you gotta sign them to a contract. And you're like, I don't know how to sign no, I don't know how to draw up a contract. And you go online and you draw up a contract. Every con, you go online and you Google, look up a contract for a template. Don't give your little brother enough. Don't give him that contract because it's fab. The first contract you're gonna find is foul. The second one you're gonna find is foul. Every contract you're gonna find is foul until you until you modify your search and you put in something like artist-friendly rec recording contracts. See, a lot of people never even heard that term artist-friendly. You understand? But if you don't add that in, then you're going to get the standard contract. And the standard contract is foul. You understand? Like back in the days when we were selling CDs and all of that, you know, CDs went up to about $14, $15, $16 a CD. And the, the artist would make less than a dollar off of that. After recouping, after you had to pay your month, your, your $500,000 budget back, you didn't make, you didn't, you didn't start making your pennies until after that. And it's all in the contract. It's in the writing. And if you, if you, if, and if, if you're the artist, if your little brother got, if your little brother got this contract from you, and and your mom was like, well, I know, I know that's your brother, but you still got to get a lawyer, baby. And your little brother gets a lawyer, and and your little brother looks at this fucking contract, and he's like, this look kind of fishy. But I only, I, I only, I don't get, I don't get nothing. You know what the lawyer is going to tell your little brother? He's gonna tell you, he's gonna tell little bro that that's standard. He's not gonna tell him that it's right or wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So they they replace the word right with or, or fair with standard, and they get you to swallow that bullshit. That though, just because the standard don't make it right, 
Slavery was standard. Is it right? Slavery was legal. Was it right? So that's what it is. Like, you know, in, 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 in these contracts, you have to recoup. You know, that means you have to recuperate. And you have to pay them back all of the money before you start making money on the album, right? So here's, the, here's my question. And, I, and, and, and DMX, rest in peace, he taught me this. What I, I've never met DMX, but he taught me this in one of his interviews. He said, if I have to pay you back every dime, then how, do, how come I don't own my master's? You gave me a loan. I paid it back. Why I don't own my shit now? Hmm. You've said you've said two things there that have really stuck with me about the right and standard. I never looked at it like that. Of course, these contracts are unfair. And of course, you know, artists should get their masters at creativity. But I've never looked at it in the in the way you just put it so eloquently. I never I never made two and two together. It's right. What they say is a standard. It's not right. It's just what they've considered. That's it's the constructs they've put up, right? Um, and that goes for a lot of society, but it goes for a lot of what happens within black culture, which this is why it gets raped and pillaged and then stolen, right? Because they this is the standard for them, and it's not, and it shouldn't be like that. So that's yeah, I I never thought of it like that, man. Thank you. Like I heard somewhere that that Paul McCartney had a lifetime contract, but anytime he wants to record, he's got a he's got a record deal and a record label that's going to put out his music. Somebody like they believe in him and will commit to him for that long. That's that. Like they, no one would ever do that to one, you know. So like they wouldn't do that to a rapper because their because their aim is to get you popular and then get you out. They want all the money, get you out. You know what I mean? They can't keep you like they don't want to keep you getting richer. They don't want you to like they don't want none of us. To, like they'll give us some money, but it's pennies on the dollar. It's not. It's, it's you know. It's a fraction of what we earn and. At the end of the shit, they push you out. This, the whole system is designed to make you old, to make you look old, or be looked at as old. You know what I mean? They only get, like, all of these narratives we've been hearing. When I first came in the game, I heard that you would be lucky if you was in the game for longer than five years, or a three album, or some stupid shit like that. That's right. We stay it all the time. You have a three album run. Yeah. I didn't believe that then, because by that time, LL had already passed that mark. So in my mind, I was like, maybe the maybe the regular niggas only get three albums, but the special ones, which I consider myself, I always, I always, you know, I, I always believe highly in my ability. I, I've I've got a burning question. It's been on my mind for twenty five years. I mentioned it in one of my later songs. I did a song called "The Liner Notes," and you know when you guys used to put out albums and you had the albums coming next. And I remember seeing Fab Five, um, simply, simply one. Was it simply fabulous or without the Freddy coming soon? As a hip hop fan, the fact that you know, respectfully, I think that's one of my biggest disappointments as a hip hop fan. That because I said the Fab Five to me was you. You guys were the group. I was backing you. I was telling everybody, how come the Fab Five album? didn't come out and was it was it ever recorded i don't know i don't i don't think i don't think dudes like them like i went away for i went away for 30 days about 38 days but whatever those songs were you know like those eight or ten songs you had them those songs were sitting somewhere 
You know what I mean? But I'm, guys ain't like them. I love them. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I know I love over half of them. I love more than half of those drinks. Yeah. And I honestly don't really know why. Yeah, if we get Drew Ha on the podcast, before we even say hello, I'm going to say that Drew Ha, this Fab Five album, I've got $100 to send you on PayPal. Send it. Send that. Sorry, I'll pass the mic to you. No, I've got to listen. I've got, I've got nothing else outside of, um, it's 25 years since Nocturnal, man. And that's something to be celebrated. Um, regardless of, of the, the label stuff thing, what you guys created has, has lived on and, and that should be celebrated because 96 was a, was a wonderful year for hip hop. Great year. We actually are, mentioned Nocturnal. We did a Jay-Z series. That's right. That's right. And you guys came out a week before Reasonable Doubt. So can you imagine going to the shop and picking up two of those albums together? Crazy. Yeah, 96 96 was a dope year for talent. 96 was the year that Bret Hart lost the title to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I'll never forget that because I was vexed. Actually, you know what? Before we go, Rockness, I'll, I'll talk about this because, you, you know, you mentioned wrestlers and Chris is a wrestling head here. And you 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 mentioned Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I used to have a sticker of Rowdy Rowdy Piper on my school book. Uh, Mr. Perfect, who's one of the greatest wrestlers for me, technically. One of Top the best. five, dead or alive. Do you still keep up with wrestling or was it kind of a moment? Because I stopped, I stopped watching it, I think, after... Maybe 2002. This is when Rock was champion, and that was it. Like I went to, I went to a WWE show, loved it, and all that. But then after I fell off. But Chris has kept on with it. But how about you? How do you how do you feel? Is it just nostalgia for for the 90s and 80s, or do you still keep up with it now? Like I used to watch it as a kid, hard by, right? But then you know we got I got too grown for it, and then took on like wildfire. Before we know, all of us was into it hard again, like with the whole. With the, with, the, with the rise of the WCW and the NWO, like, yeah. like we was we was drawn in by that, and you know we was running around on the road. We all took on fucking WCW personas and whatnot. Like, we was fucking tearing up hotel rooms, having fake wrestling matches with each other. We was running, beating, beating the crap out of each other in hotel rooms all across America. <laughs> Listen, I did, I did, I did a few rock bottoms on some people back in high school. I'm not gonna lie, this this actually happened. I did a couple of rock bottoms and a couple, a couple of people. Um, and the the embarrassing thing I'll say to you is, when I was a kid, when I used to watch it, it used to be on Eurosport on Sky. That's Analog. right. So yeah, our UK heads will know. I remember being as a kid. I think it was it was either Monday or Sunday night, and Papa Shango put the curse on Ultimate Warrior, and, and Ultimate, he threw up, and he threw up, and I was shook. I was shook for Ultimate Warrior. And I was a kid. I had no idea. I was like, what happened to Ultimate Warrior? I can't wait. And I was just like, I was shook. I think it might have been the first time I experienced anxiety in my life because I just, I was, I felt for Ultimate Warrior in that moment. But that's always stuck out with me. Now that, that era of wrestling, it was dope. Absolutely incredible, man. Yeah, like, you know, we found out, we found out it was, you know, it was, you know, quote unquote, fake or whatever. Right. Right. You stop, you know, it loses a lot of his luster. But when, you know, in the early 90s, you know, the mid-90s when we were going on the road, like, we got drawn in by the gangsters that they were doing. Like, the storyline was just crazy. Like, yeah. Like, the whole, when we, to this day, when I do Monster, that that all comes, like, before that, it was Magnum Force. Remember we used to do that? Yeah. Magnum Force. That all came from the NWA. The NWA when they did their little adverts. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I, I never knew that. I didn't know that. That's actually blown my mind. You know, what I was going to say before we finish this call, I think the boot camp click, if we were to, one day I'm going to do groups as wrestling factions. Boot camp click could possibly be the hip hop NWO. 
That's what it was. It was like I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was Kevin Nash. I was Alvin Nash. Ruff was Sean Hall. We were, we were <laughs> strang with Hollywood, strang Hogan. Like, yeah, you guys were the NWO. We have, we have to give that to you because you already got the names. You already got. I'm trying. I'm, I'm how you trying to do a podcast Survivor series. I tell you this now. If I put, if I put a podcast five of hosts, we will kill it on a hip hop tip. A podcast Survivor series of hip hop. I kill it, bruv. We'll kill it. Yeah, <laughs> we, 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 we we should we should look at that. I, I really enjoyed the conversation with you, Rockness Monster. Like I said, man, you you are one of the key voices in our come up and we're just so happy that you're still doing it. I think that's really important. Your history is important, but love what you're doing now and the future. Um, Ether Rock will make sure we use our platforms as well to spread the word. You have a platform here. If there's anything you need from us in terms of promotion, let us know. And rest in peace, Sean Price. Yeah. His name comes up often. We miss him. We miss his energy. And thank you so much for what you did as part of Helter Skelter. Thanks for having me. No doubt. Peace to Rockness once again. Enjoyed that. Um, me too. Yeah, that, that was Bro, good. when he said on, you know LaFleur, right? I could do, I said to someone one time, I will only do hip hop karaoke if they put LaFleur on the machine. <laughs> and I'll do all the verses, bro. When, um, when Rock said, um, Hey, yo, next to Snapper Neck did the big R-O-C-K. Send them C's to me in squads of three. Say, Rockness Monster, as if it really can't be. Brav! Uh, yo, why, yo, why did Andy Cappuccino scar on my face, but I'm not Al Pacino? With three <laughs> amigos! Come on, man. I know, man. Brav, he, he called him and Sean Price Sparsky and Dutch. Are you mad? Yeah. I know. I know. I'm, 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 very, I'm very much aware. I just, I, just, I just love the fact that we get to to speak to to heroes of ours or people that we've grown up on or people who've shaped the culture. What he, the best what he did on on um the Nocturnal album oh. Therapy. Are you mad? No, that and that that's a crazy story. Now I wanted to I wanted to talk to him more about that, but he's talked about it before, so you can go look at Soren Baker's interview. Um, yeah, that was a really this. good interview, by the way. Yeah, so you can speak to Soren. You can look at Soren Baker's interview on on YouTube. But just the fact that that you know they he he spoke about it in our interview just now about things that happened to him and he speaks about it and that was one of those things and and to to like I'm, i said conceptually there's some really good songs and people forget the versatility that that helter skelter had they missed the, the versatility that sean price had when he went solo and even with rockness You've, you you read between the lines listen don't just skim through it do you fools listen to music or just skim through it what's wrong with you Listen, these guys are giving you game, not just hardcore bars. They can give you that all day. For that, for that, it's like easy for them. I feel, mm. I feel like that all that stuff was easy for Sean and for Rockness. I feel like for Rock and Rock, that was easy. But then to create things where they, you, if you think about the, if you just think about Bootcamp Click in general, right, and the the the, the people that are part of that, when they came and held to Skelter, they may not have been. The guys that they may not have been the flagship at that point, so you got to be creative in that point. They come from that Kane, Rakim, Cool Modi era where originality is so important. That's so right. things, songs like Therapy and other songs like that, that that makes them stand out a little bit more. I'm going to be real with you. I think in terms, all right, two controversial statements I'm going to say here. I know the original Wu Tang solo run from what '93 to '97 with all that Cuban links and all mm. that. Yep, classic, all that. But that original bootcamp click run with Smith and Wesson, OGC, I think those albums are just as classic 
first of all. And in hindsight, the boot camp click groups all had a different feel. There was always something different about each group. And since we're talking about boot camp click, you know how I feel about Starang. Starang wonder. <laughs> anyway. No, no, I, I agree. And I, and I think that's why, that's why I mentioned the point about Camp Wu and their camaraderie. Because yeah. I feel like if you speak to the Wu-Tang guys, they would feel the way you feel about Bootcamp Click. Yeah, but I mean, Raekwon did um, Black Trump with um, Coco Brothers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's that mutual respect. They understand. Like, like yeah. Rockness said, when you're an artist, when you're a lyricist, you got respect. You know when you're real, you'll respect others. And mm. that's how I feel like other people may not see it or or commentators may not see it, but the real ones do. And that's yeah. that's what kind of matters. So I was always a big fan of um, Louisville Slugger. Because <laughs> I thought that name was ill. OGC's, a, yo, listen. Bro, bro, they were called the original, not even original, original gun clappers. Come on, man. What a sick name, bro. Yeah, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and... We didn't get into the Decepticon thing. We don't need to, but you know. No, no. These, we, we, these what's, are, what's, what's, what's understood don't need to be said. We said right, 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 right. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's some real ones, but nah, man. There, there's some. They've made some great, long-lasting legacy music for for all of us. Yeah, to, to I'm going to be listening to Nocturnal tomorrow at the gym. Absolutely. You can follow us on social media at Break the Atoms, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Chris's handle is at I Am Kinetic. Mine's is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We will be back with another episode next week. Until then, peace. Peace.